The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker, and you are listening to episode 295 of the podcast. Unless you're joining live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. If you want to catch the show live, make sure you are subscribed on one or all of those channels. Turn on your notifications so the platforms do all the work of letting you know when the show is live. Like right now. Uh, may have missed a week or two or 10 of the show. I don't even know anymore. Um, it's it's 10, 13 at night. It's Sunday, October 23rd. My wife's birthday. Very happy birthday to my lovely wife, of course. Um, and and don't think I'm, I'm doing this uh, in lieu of spending time with her. She's fast asleep. So um, I, I waited until she knocked out to go ahead and do this. A lot's been going on. I feel like there's barely going to be any MMA talked about on this show. So if you're looking for a breakdown, a thorough breakdown of UFC 280, you may want to look elsewhere. A lot to get into. There's a lot going on in my life. Before we get to any of that, let me introduce the world traveler, the man with many new stamps in his passport. But most importantly, he's coming to you from the Garden State. That's right, folks. It's Jeff. The Animal. Wilson. Jeff, I feel like it's been ages since we've done this, my friend. How the hell are you? Bill, I'm awesome, man. Um, so for those of you who may have missed... Uh, couple of episodes at the end of August, the last week of August, I was blessed to go to Aruba with my soccer buddies, played high school soccer together, won a JV championship together, got slaughtered by the time we got to the varsity level, but um, doesn't matter, you know, we're traveling now, and uh, we went to Aruba for a week, and then, Bill, I came home for two days, uh, got home a Wednesday night, so I was home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, of that week, I had to fly out to Peru. I went with uh, my pastor on a missions trip. Um, so it was awesome. The food was awesome, Bill. Uh, we were well received by uh, by a lot of great families in Peru. And Bill, I didn't realize how different it was, man. Uh, and and I, it really humbled me because, you know, we we live in this awesome country where you can come here, start with nothing, and, you know, build yourself up. Uh, and I forget that in a lot of countries, you don't have that. There's only two classes. It's either you're poor or you're rich, and you do not switch classes. If you're born poor, you're staying there. You know, mm -hmm. you might get yourself a little bit of land, but, you know, you're, you're never going to have anything like a savings account or, you know, money in that savings account. Um, you know, it's all, it's all towards family and bills. So, you know, I was... I was trying to be, you know, humble out there. I was because, you know, I know how good I have it here in the United States. 
And, you know, I, you know, when I got fed, I, I ate some food that I'd probably never eat out here. And, you know, a big thing that I, uh, that I made a point out of was one, finishing my plate whenever possible. And two, uh, you know, just trying not to complain because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I know how good I have it out here. And, um, you know, I was telling you guys earlier, Bill, you know, I slept in the church. I slept, dude, I slept on the floor. I just took out a mattress and put it right on the floor, put a, a bed sheet over it. Dude, I was happy as a clam man. I was a happy camper. Um, just because, uh, one, I got some one-on-one time with my pastor, um, and we, we had like a father-son relationship out there. It was awesome. Uh, it was it was like being in college, dude. Like at night, we would just eat ramen and, and eggs, whatever we could find. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it was just so much fun. I, I met some really awesome people, uh, people that uh, I still keep in touch with, even now that it's been a month that I've been back. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt so welcomed by everybody. So, you know, I definitely want to go back, Bill. I'm planning on going back in January for some more mission stuff uh, to help out at the church there and to eat some more good food, man. I ate gooey, Bill. <clears throat> Excuse me. And gooey is basically what we call a guinea pig, Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bill is absolutely delicious. Tasted like chicken. Uh, I don't know if I could do it, man. I don't know if I could pull the trigger on the cooey. Oh, Bill, I I dove into it, man. I attacked that thing like a great white shark going after a seal, man. Um, I believe he probably worked up an appetite sleeping on the floor of that church. Dude, you know what's weird is when I got back, people were telling me that I I looked a little smaller, which is weird because, dude, in Peru, we were eating like three plates of food at a time, man. Like there was just one plate of just rice, and I was like, "My God, I'm gonna have to train jujitsu for like three months just to get back to base, man." Like they do like their rice, but up. I imagine the uh, the guinea pig isn't very filling. Can't be a whole lot of meat on those things. Yeah, that that was my biggest concern, Bill. Was how much meat was on these things? Um, but sir, surprisingly, um, there was a good bit of meat on them, and. Uh, Dude, they're they're a good source of protein. So, Bill, the retirement plan, it went from from selling avocados in Puerto Rico. But now I want to raise these guinea pigs, these cuy in Peru and then grill them up on Sundays. So here's a semi-MMA-related question since you're a a native Spanish speaker, Jeff. What what does cuy directly translate to and how – is that related to El Cucuy, the boogeyman, Tony Ferguson? Can you explain this to us, uh, English speakers, Jeff? <laughs> well, a cooey is actually a guinea pig. Um, and, Bill, ever since eating them, I, I can't look at guinea pigs and hamsters the same way, man. Um, I, I just think about what they would taste like with some rice and some lemon and wine. <laughs> <laughs> and some hot sauce. But um, El, so El Kukui, which is Tony Ferguson's nickname, um, it's actually a type of monster. It's kind of like a, like a chupacabra, boogeyman type of thing. Um, so no relation, unfortunately. But, Bill, I'm glad you brought but how, up. Wait, how is Kui a, a guinea pig and you just add a couple of letters to it and you get boogeyman? Bill, I don't I don't make the rules, man. I I need to know the etymology here. This is this is gonna keep me up at night. Like, was there is the boogeyman like a giant guinea pig in in Spanish culture? 
I'm not a hundred percent on that, man. But we gotta I find mean, this out. We gotta research. We gotta we gotta get some boots on the ground on this one, Jeff. <laughs> I, <laughs> I gotta know. Um, as you know, I have many personal ties to Peru because my wife's family is from there. Um, my in-laws are actually there now. Um, uh, and like you were saying, we have the opportunity to to come here with nothing and make a lives. Uh, make lives for ourselves. And that's exactly what they did. Um, my father-in-law, whom I respect greatly, uh, came here from Peru and with not a whole lot to his name. And he was able to work his way all the way up to becoming a very successful doctor, pathologist specifically. Um, very, very well respected um, in his field. Uh, very intelligent man and and he was able to uh to work his way up and he he still um is greatly tied to his peruvian roots uh he he's introduced me to some awesome peruvian food never had cooey but i'll i'll eat the fuck out of some lomo saltado mm. um that that's great stuff and I, I love a good ceviche did you have any good ceviche while you were down there jeff oh dude um, I've never had ceviche before, um, and where one of the sisters where we stayed, one of the members of the church, like a block away was this like super old lady, and um, and dude, she's like known in town for making some really good ceviche so she made us some it had a little kick to it but dude i couldn't stop picking at that plate man because the way they serve it is this big plate and everybody just eats out of it mm -hmm. uh, or you know you'll take some out onto an, a smaller plate but dude um does she it, do it with like the the choclo and the and the sweet potatoes um she didn't put the the choclo in it so choclo is um corn giant food. corn yeah, yeah. Mutated corn. Yeah, dude, they have a bunch of different types of corn in Peru, man. Um, and, and different types of potatoes, too. So I wanted to just try the fish. Um, but it was awesome, dude. Um, really good. Um, dude, I, I, I'd go back just for the food. Um, Peru is, is known for, mm -hmm. for having really good food. Um, at yeah, my mother-in-law makes the potatoes. She makes it with the huancaina sauce. Which that, I believe it's like an egg-based sauce. I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. It's like a hollandaise. I would compare it to. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's that yellow sauce, right? Yeah, it's delicious. Oh, dude. Yeah, it is, man. I was throwing that that sauce on the rice, man. And um, in Peru, everything came with hot sauce. Bill, I love hot sauce, but mm -hmm. I did have to cut it because uh, at one point my stomach just couldn't handle it. But um, but the burn first, a like, hole in that uh, in that church mattress, huh? Oh yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, uh, lots of good food for from Peru. Um, Bill, I fell in love with Puerto Rico in April. I fell wait, wait, in love just with Peru just to August, stick with dude. the Peru. For those who don't know what we we're talking about, ceviche is basically like an appetizer dish that is just raw fish, um, and sometimes there's shrimp in it, but usually it's like a white fish. Um, and they basically like douse it in acid. So like lime juice, um, to kill any, any bacteria that, that might be in the fish. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a sushi 
soup. And yeah, it usually can come pretty spicy. And then they'll, they'll throw some of the choclo in it, that giant mutated corn. Sometimes there's cooked sweet potato in it. Um, there, there's usually like red onions. Um, but yeah, it's, it's delicious. When you, when you come down here again, next time, Jeff, I'll take you to, to some of my, uh, local Peruvian haunts that my, that my in-laws have introduced me to. And there, there's some really good ceviche around here. They know all the best spots. They like to go. My father-in-law goes to this one hole in the wall called happy fish in Tampa. He goes there once a week. They let like, oh, he nice. loves it. Yeah. Dude. Like they, they know him there and they, they pretty much bring the food to him as soon as he sits down. Like they know what he wants. Nice dude. Dude. I would love to go with your father-in-law. Your father-in-law is just a really interesting guy, man. Like, but you ever remember those, uh, those like most interesting man in the world commercials. Yeah. Dude, I feel like your father-in-law could fit right into one of those. Oh yeah. Yeah. He could do some, I've, I've, I've tried to encourage him to start doing some YouTube content. Because he, he does have one of those voices where you just want to, like, listen to what he has to say. Um, and it, it, he it, like me, Jeff, he's a fan of the drink, which is why we get along so well. Um, he likes the sweet stuff. He likes the rum. He introduced me to Zacapa rum, which is now my favorite rum as well. Um, pretty much it's pretty much the standard gift that I get him for his birthday or for Father's Day. Like it's. It's not hard to shop for the man, you know, get him a bottle as a coppa and, and he's happy as hell. Um, but Bill, so, speaking of birthdays, it's the wife's birthday. Bill, I don't want to say anything, but I'm going to say it's your birthday in two days. <laughs> so, Bill, enough about me. What have you guys been doing to celebrate? Uh, man, what haven't we been doing? We, we've been all over the place. And um, thanks for putting me on the spot there, Jeff. But, yeah, um, I... I I'm at the age I, I've never been like a big birthday guy and it kind of works out that the wife's birthday is two days before mine because we can always make it all about like celebrating her. And then, you know, we just kind of taper off with me and then but my birthday's on a Tuesday and it's like, I, I don't know, not too much going on there, but yeah, I actually, we just got back from a weekend in Orlando. Um, <clears throat> did did three of the Disney parks and we went with another couple who happened to be the parents of uh, my daughter's best friend at school. And, and this is a rare occurrence, Jeff, because uh, we have a lot of like local, um, you, you know, friends who have kids the same age, but like, it'll be like my wife gets along with the wife and I, I don't really care for the husband or if I get along with the husband, she doesn't care for the wife. Or if we both get along with them, Ariana doesn't like the kid, <laughs> you know, it, it's very rare that we hit the trifecta, mm -hmm. but we happen to have this one couple uh, that we get along with really well. We have a good time with them. Um, you know, similar mindset. And uh, you never know how it's going to be traveling with people, though. Um, yeah. It's like a whole different ballpark, oh. as you've found out, uh, traveling as much as you have recently. Um, but it worked out really well. Um, we we stayed at we stayed at the same hotel, and um, we traveled to the parks together. The kids like all the same rides, pretty much. Um, and we were just you know, boozing it up. We did Epcot magic kingdom and we did animal kingdom today. Um, and I, I drove back with the girls knocked out in the car 
you know, everybody had a really long weekend. I don't know how I'm still going, Jeff. I'm, I'm, I'm running on fumes and whiskey right now. Um, but the important thing is the wife had a blast. She wanted to go to Disney for her birthday. So, um, you know, of course we had the annual passes and of course the daughter's not going to argue with a, with a three day trip to the most magical place on earth. So that's what we did there. Um, and, uh, we, we celebrated thoroughly throughout the weekend. We had a good time. We even, we even, uh, we were even a little flexible with the diets. Jeff took in some sugary treats here and there um, and really let loose. And it, it was a good time. And it, it was it was really fun to see the kids having fun together because usually it's just the three of us. And, you know, we always have a blast. But it was nice for my daughter to be able to go on rides with another kid her age and stuff. And um, it it's one of my favorite things, to be honest, just seeing her experience all that. Because I didn't get to go to Disney World as a kid. I went one time. Uh, I was like eight years old, I think. My parents took me. And I, I still remember that trip. So it's kind of cool that we, we get to do this so frequently um, with my daughter. And she gets to have all these memories. And now, you know, starting to make trips with her friends and stuff. So it's... um. It's cool. It added like a whole other layer to it. And the, the wife had a great time. She had a great birthday. Um, so that's it. I feel like I did my job, Jeff. Phil, that sounds awesome, dude. And um, yeah, man, when I was a kid, uh, maybe like 10 or something, my dad uh, packed all of us up in this van and, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, the family, cause dude, my dad has had like 12 different cars since I was a kid. So, oh, I know he's had 12 different cars since I've known you, I think. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment, dude. Um, and, uh, we went like for a week to, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at Mark I don't, I don't look a day over 50. Uh, I appreciate that, Mark. Hopefully I won't look a day over 50 for another, uh, 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But thanks. But, but anyway, Bill, happy early birthday to you. You know, I'm going to call you on Tuesday, but, um, but yeah, dude, one of the thing, one of my favorite childhood memories is we drove down to Florida and my dad, you know, we didn't have money for, for Disney, but we went to Universal Studios and, you know, I, I was too scared to ride the Hulk at the time, but I wrote a whole bunch of other stuff and just being there, I was like, holy cannoli, you know, so, so Bill, I totally get it. But you did um, wind up riding it, didn't we go when you came down at one point? I think so, but I think the Hulk was closed that day. Was it? I think so because remember it goes under that bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a fan. We haven't done. I haven't done Universal. I think since I, I think I went with you, but I, I haven't really done it since the daughter's been born because she's not old enough. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, you say didn't have money for Disney, so you did Universal. But uh, these days, Universal will cost you a pretty penny too, Jeff. They're 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 pretty comparable. <laughs> yeah i don't doubt it dude um but bill i'm i'm glad that you're you're enjoying uh you know being being a dad and everything um you know my my whole thing is i like now that i'm older bill i realize that i want to enjoy where i'm at a little bit more like right mm -hmm. now you know i'm single no prospects bill you know there was a time where and i, I think this happens to most 
young guys. Um, you know, there comes a time where maybe we're like, hey, man, you know, I want a little piece of the action. But I realized, dude, I'm in, I'm going to enjoy being single, you know. So that that's kind of where this whole traveling thing started with my friends. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill, you know, Puerto Rico in April. We went to Aruba in August. I got to go to Peru. Um, but I had to fight myself because my friends wanted to go to DR in November to the Dominican Republic. Uh, Why aren't you going? Get that stamp. Nah, nah dude. I don't want to get my arm cut off by a machete. Uh, but, dude, uh, you went to Peru. <laughs> it ain't much safer there. Dude, uh, at one point, me and my pastor, we were waiting for somebody. And, like, the street corner, we we didn't really know where we were at. And we kind of didn't know where they lived at. Mm-hmm. And this dude walks up. He It looks like he's going to walk past us, but he stops. And he's just staring at us. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, shit, here we go. So I was like, listen, I, I'm not street smart. I don't know nothing about this country. But I'm eyeing this dude, man. And I'm like, listen. If I put this guy in a heel hook, his I'm gonna tear up his legs just the same as if we were in America. Yeah. So, so in my head, I'm just like, man, I'm I'm just like, God, I'll, dude, I'm praying. I'm like, dear God, do not let this guy try anything funny because I don't want to have to rain down punishment with my hands on this guy. And the thing about it too, Jeff, and I think you, I warned you about this. There's no such thing as self defense in Peru. If you fuck somebody up in the streets. Even if it's self-defense, your ass is going to jail, too. Yeah, dude. So that's what I was worried about. Um, you know, because I, I don't know the laws. It's a different country, you know. And um, uh-huh. I'm just like, man, am I going to have to fight this guy, dude? I'm going to – and in my head, I'm thinking, I'm gonna if I have to fight this guy, man, I'm going all the way. He's wiping his ass with one hand, and he's going to walk funny for the rest of his life, man. Because, <laughs> dude, this guy's on the phone. I'm like, dude, I don't know if he's calling people to, to like, come after us. Yeah. But – um. Luckily, one of the members of the church gave us a phone number to this uh, taxi cab service. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was awesome, Bill. This dude would send us the picture of the car, the license plate, tell us the name of the driver. The driver knew my name, too. So it was kind of like Uber, but not as expensive. Okay. Uh, I think for like maybe 10 soles, we were getting around. And ten and $1 is about 4 soles. So for about 250 we're going to the other side of town. Not a bad deal. And you have the advantage of speaking Spanish. But, yeah, the crime is not – it's not a good situation there. Like, my mother-in-law gets mugged, like, every time she goes. Wow. And the, yeah. Like, the first time the first time she told me, I was, like, horrified. I was like, oh, my God, you got mugged? Are you okay? But then by, like, the fourth and fifth time – She's like, yeah, it's okay. I just put an insurance claim on. So they just got my iPad or whatever. <laughs> and to her, it's nothing. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, you know, like, it, it, and it, they were they were scary ones. Like a guy comes up to the car with with a gun and like reaches in and takes her iPad or her phone or whatever. Um, like scary situations, but um, it, you know, it it's like she's used to it. She's just like, yeah, it happens. Yeah, dude, I I looked out, man. That that might happen maybe like in places like Lima, um, but where I was is called Chimbote, mm-hmm. and I looked out, man. Um, like there's some corrupt cops out there, um, but you know, like they they might not get to a scene in like 
until like an hour later. Uh, so by then I, I could just leave if I ended up messing this dude up. But um, but yeah, like the you know the main idea is not the crime rate. It's that you know I'm I'm taking advantage of being single to travel and stuff. You know, mm. Bill, if I you know if I had a wife and kids, I wouldn't be able to travel for a month. You know, I have to worry about bills and ridiculous <sighs> things like keeping these kids fed and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a struggle. Um, somehow I managed to still travel as much as I do because before this weekend, I, I don't even know how long ago it was now, last week maybe, but I was up in your neck of the woods and we couldn't connect because I had a lot of family stuff going on. Um, so I I came up for two reasons. The first being, unfortunately, my grandfather had passed away a few weeks ago, as you know, Jeff. Um, and I feel weird talking about it because his wishes were to not have an announcement about it at all. Like he didn't want, he didn't want a funeral or a wake or, or any of that. He didn't want to be made a big deal of, um, which is, which is weird. Makes it like a little difficult to grieve. Um, but we did go up there. Um, he was cremated. And we just had the immediate family go and we put him in a plot with my grandmother who had passed uh, several years ago. But it was it was in his will that that they be buried together on a plot of land um, in a cemetery with my grandmother's parents. Um, so. Uh, yeah, well, cheers to grandpa, a great man. Uh, probably the toughest man I've ever known in my life beat cancer three times. Wow. Uh, with his first diagnosis, he was given a 17% chance to live. Uh, didn't bat an eye. And he, he just said, well, if there's 17% of people who survive, like, why can't it be me? Amen. Um, and he did, he beat throat cancer, lung cancer and throat cancer again. Um, was, was on a feeding tube for the last six years of his life or so never complained once. Wow. Um, just like old school tough. Um, and, and just, um, just an awesome guy. Learned a lot from him. Um, yeah, I'll miss him a lot. It was the first time I had to explain death to my daughter, uh, mm. which was extremely tough. Uh, she was very upset. Um, and it, it, it was it was difficult to to talk through all of that, um, but the bright side of it, Jeff, is that the other reason I went up to New York was to celebrate the second child of my sister. Uh, we threw a little surprise baby shower for her, um, you know, again with the with the immediate family, and she didn't know what was going on, and I was I was staying in her house and. It, her birthday had just passed and my birthday was coming up. So my mom made it seem like we were all going out to celebrate our birthdays. And then when she got there, a couple of her closest friends and, and our family were there and we celebrated the new baby. That's that's due in just a few weeks. Uh, November 19th, I believe is the due date. Um, Holy crow, dude. That's like right around the corner, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty soon. It, it, you know, she's ready to go any day now. Like wow. she was, she was eight months pregnant, but um, yeah, we got to take a little trip with her as well. We, uh, she's got a one-year-old also, my niece, Emily, 
Um, so her and her husband and their kid and um, me and the wife and Ariana, we all went out to the Poconos and we stayed at this indoor water park called uh, Kalahari. Uh, awesome place. The, the kids had a blast. Ariana had the time of her life. She was going down these giant water slides like it was nothing. Um, four years old, the kid is fearless. Like she was going down water slides. I, I don't think I would have gone down when I was like 10. <laughs> she's just zipping down these things and going from one to the next but uh pretty pricey place jeff i gotta mm. say um it wound up being a little cheaper because it's like the off season the fall is like the off season because um you know summer's big because kids are out of school um and we went during the week uh so a lot of the stuff was closed down obviously all the outdoor water park stuff was closed down yeah because uh, it was too cold um, but yeah, pretty cool place. Um, it, it's, it's an amazing structure. It's the, the largest indoor water park in the country. Um, so yeah, we did that. And, um, I was able to visit like some old childhood spots I used to go to. My parents used to take us out to the Poconos. We had a trailer out there. That would be our summer vacations every year. Um, so I got to take my daughter and my niece to like some of our old stomping grounds and like the pizzeria we used to go to as kids, my sister and I, we got to bring our kids there. Um, so it, it was kind of bittersweet, you know, we lost grandpa, and, but you know, we're welcoming in a new addition to the family. It was, it was kind of a beautiful, uh, circle of life, uh, type of trip. Uh, so it was, it was very cool, very bittersweet. Um, but you know, we made a lot of great memories and, yeah, so that that's what I've been up to. That's why um, MMA on the Rocks has been put on the back burner once again. Uh, and then you've been bouncing all over the globe, uh, so we <laughs> haven't been able to sit down and and do this in a while. But I don't know anything else on uh, you know, um, anything well, any of this travel stuff anything <laughs> yeah bill you know I, of course my condolences to you and your family uh you know i'm always praying for you guys um but you know i'm so glad that you you have that that special those special moments with your daughter and with emily too man um dude it, it's crazy to me seeing her like walk around and stuff Oh, it's great. <laughs> dude, the last time i saw emily we were um is when we went apple picking uh, last year, actually, yeah, and uh, and she she was still in the stroller and stuff. Um, but dude, I'm I'm so glad that that Dave and Lisa are welcoming another baby. That's awesome. Um, another November, girl, another girl coming into the fold. Nice, nice, and uh, and dude, it's November nineteenth. That's close to their wedding anniversary too. So mm -hmm. be easy to remember. Um, but yeah, so happy for for all you guys that you know, that the season is bringing blessings as well. Um, and Bill, you know, I can't wait until I'm a dad too. You know, as much as I'm enjoying being single, Bill, and I'm going to keep enjoying being single <laughs> for a couple more years, um, you know, I look forward to being a husband and a dad someday too. But for now, I'm, I'm enjoying being single and, and traveling, running around. As um, you should, Jeff, because there's a reason that Mark thinks I'm almost 50, uh, <laughs> even though I'm turning 38 on uh on tuesday full disclosure to everybody um bill you're 37 what do you mean yeah right now but on tuesday i'll be 38 
Oh, okay. All right, my math was off. I thought you. I thought you were thirty six, turning thirty seven. No, no, that happened last year. Um, but the reason I look almost fifty, um, is is being a father, and uh, you know, also probably all the alcohol I consume, but um, I think mostly being a father because I always consumed the alcohol before and it didn't age me this quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. for those curious, I I just popped a new bottle tonight in honor of the wife's birthday, even though she's fast asleep. Pikesville Straight Rye Whiskey. Um, this stuff is really tasty. I wasn't crazy about the first sip, but you know they say like you know, you got to give it past the neck, Jeff. Once you get mm. past the neck, then it really starts to open up, and that's what happened here. It's got a little bit of sweetness. Usually, rye's are a little spicier. Yeah, this one has like a mellow uh, sweetness to it, almost like a like a sherry sweetness, huh. like a sweet wine on the finish. Um, but it has like all those nice rye, like bready flavors on the front end. Um, it, it, it's good for the, uh, the, the cold snap we got. It was actually, when I got back from New York, it was colder in Florida than when we had left New York. It was beautiful in New York. It was like seventies and we got down here. It was below 70. So people are walking around in like parkas and like snow pants. Like they, people go overboard. I'm still wearing shorts. Like people go crazy when it drops below 70 in Florida. Dude, the weather up here has been nuts, man. Like Wednesday was freezing up here and Friday and Thursday and Friday were like super nice. And then today it was raining. So uh -huh. I don't know, Bill. I don't know what to wear anymore. So I just walk around in jeans. Yeah, that's all you could do. Like um, we, we were going to Orlando this weekend, and the, the cold front was going to be ending. Today was actually pretty hot. Um, and my, my wife's like, I don't know what to pack. She's like, what are you going to pack? I was like, I'm going to pack shorts and a hoodie. She's Fair like, enough. what if it's hot? If it's hot, I'll take the hoodie off. <laughs> what if it's cold? It's cold to put the hoodie on. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. That's it. <laughs> like, it's, it's not... Uh, it's not a complicated, uh, you know, formula, but you know, you know how it goes. Like she packed like a full blown suitcase, like we were like we were going to Europe for a month, um, and then bought more clothes while we were there. Oh god! So, like, uh, I got her a her favorite ride at Disney is the Haunted Mansion. So I went into the Haunted Mansion gift shop with ariana and she picked out a gift for her mom and she picked her out a haunted mansion uh hoodie nice um that she loved um so yeah we went home and we didn't end up wearing hoodies at all because it was warm <laughs> so we went we went there with a bunch of hoodies we came back with more hoodies we wore none of them but we had a great time so i guess that's all that matters Oh my gosh, dude! Last thing I want to say about Peru, because I know I'm going overboard. But dude, I couldn't. So we were there for three weeks in September, dude. I could not believe how cold it was in Peru. Mm. Um, I like I figured it would get a little cold, so I brought a hoodie, you know, in case mm -hmm. it got cold at night. Dude, I got a freaking cold out there. Like, uh. it, dude, it was so cold, and I'm saying like it's colder. It was colder over there than 
it was in New Jersey, you know, at the same during the same season. And, you know, people over there, they were like, oh, you know, does it not get this cold in the United States? I was like, you don't you don't know the cold, dude. Like when you can feel the snot in your nose freeze. <laughs> that that's that's what cold is. Okay? Was it that cold? No, and and this is what I was telling them. I'm like, that's how cold it gets in the United States. Uh, what, what I mean is, it was colder than I would expect a country in South America to get. Mm. Like I, I totally underestimated the cold. And Did I you order them, the culo de pato, Jeff? <laughs> Bill, that means duck's butthole. <laughs> yeah, I mean you ate a guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, but Bill eating a. A duck's butthole. Come on, I'm not a barbarian. Come on. I saw the pictures of that guinea pig, Jeff. It looked like a little like it was like eh. yeah, it looked like a rat, dude. That first one, I was like, this is it, man. the The very first one I sent you, where you can like make out its features, that was the first one I ate. It was at a restaurant. Um, but dude, the the best cooey that I had out there. Okay, this is the absolute last thing we'll say about Peru for this episode. But um, the best cooey. The best gooey I had out there was made by this uh, this woman from from the church where we were. She actually used to be like a maid in Italy for this couple, so she would cook for them, and like she would cook these like world class meals for them because she was getting paid good money for it. And she came back to Peru to take care of her of her parents um, because they're you know they're ailing a little bit. Um, but dude, she could cook, man. That cooey that she made, she like slow cooked it so the skin got all crispy, dude. Dude, I was asking for seconds, man. I didn't want to be rude, but I would, dude. It was so good, man. Needed and like the thing with cooey is if you eat it like after like fasting, for example, it, it'll put it'll put you out, man. It it sends mm. a little bit of because of how like rich it is. Mm. Um, you know, it's full of protein and stuff. So it, uh, it, it, I definitely needed a nap after fasting. Oh and, yeah. Uh, Guinea pig always makes me sleepy. Yeah. But Bill, now I can't look at household pets the same way, man. I know. Bill, I, you... I feel like if I get a pet, I don't know if I could have you over the house. Now you're going to be like looking to throw it on the barbecue. I mean, I would shave it first and then see if we can make some jerky out of it. <laughs> I might not be opposed to that. I've been, uh. <laughs> But yeah, but now, now stuff. yeah, dude. Now I have to try alligator and frogs. Oh yeah, alligator's not bad. Yeah, it um, probably tastes like chicken. No, no, it's got a distinct flavor, and it, it, I gotta disagree with you on this too, Jeff, because you told me earlier you had duck for the first time and you thought it tasted like chicken, and I I don't think duck tastes like chicken at all. I mean, it tastes not- like like meteor chicken to me. And I'm not just talking about the butthole either. Like the whole duck. Like a duck breast is is like dark meat, whereas a chicken breast is like light meat. They're like two completely different flavor profiles. I don't know, Bill. I mean, I had goat while I was out there too, and that tasted like chicken too. Maybe they just kept serving you chicken and was they were telling you it was exotic stuff. Bill, I'd be very disappointed if that was the case. <laughs> right. no, let's save the goat for us. Give him the chicken. <laughs> anyway, Jeff, we're 40 minutes in, and we've barely mentioned MMA. Um, there was a pretty big pay-per-view this weekend. I 
was at Magic Kingdom while it was going on, and I was like, um, I told you we were with this other couple, so we were on the ferry boat, like because you have to at Magic Kingdom, you have to park your car, and then you have to either take a ferry or a monorail to get to the park. It's quite annoying, especially when you're trying to leave and it's crowded because mm. you gotta wait. Uh, it's it's my biggest pet peeve about the place, but um, so we get on a ferry boat and it's two stories. And the kids want to go up top so they can see everything. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll stay down here. I'll watch the strollers. You guys all go up there. And they're like, oh, thanks. And they come back down, and I'm watching the fights on my phone. <laughs> it was the Vulcan Ozdemir and Nikita Krylov fight. And it was so good. We're, like, walking off the – that that first round was wild. I don't know if you caught this by Hold on, pull up the dude, pull up this card because I dude, I, oh, I fucking missed it, man. Um I'm very angry because dude, I'm starting to hate these Abu Dhabi cards only because of the times. Okay? Yeah, and it was hard to even find like after the fights are over, I don't want to pay for a pay-per-view. Like right. I'm not paying for something that's already done, but it's hard to find anywhere that you can watch the fights. I wish like after it's over, they would give it for like half price or something or like, you know, the next day, you know, give it for like 20 bucks or something because the results are already out there. I don't want to pay the full price, but I still want to watch the fights. So for UFC, sure. if you're listening, uh, this is what we need for those of us who have kids and stuff and can't watch these midday cards. Like I'll still pay for it, but I don't want to pay the full pay-per-view price when like, it could easily be spoiled for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm on the ferry boat and I'm watching uh, Nikita Krylov and Volkan Ozdemir. One of the best first rounds I've seen. It was like a it was like a Hagler Hearns first round. Like these guys both almost knocked each other out several times. Um, and uh, Krylov wound up getting the uh, unanimous decision with that one, but. Um, that was kind of the last time of the day that I could watch the fights. Then we get home from the, well, we get back to the hotel um, from the park and I'm like scrambling. I was like texting you and, and everybody I know, like, how can I watch these fights? You know, I don't care if it's like on the dark web, like, let me know what I could do. It's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm scrambling to find all these videos. And I was able to watch like a, a good chunk. So I caught the main event. I know you did as well, Jeff. So let's start there. Well, we started with Krylov and Ozdemir, but let's let's start our back and forth with uh, Charles Oliveira failing to defend his lightweight championship against Islam Mahachev. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, kid? Well, um, I did not see this going the way it did, man. <laughs> I felt like... Islam Moskachev, I thought it was too much too soon for him. And this is the only fight that I saw live. Like, uh, I, I didn't realize what time the card started. And I, and I was like, you know what? These Abu Dhabi cards, isn't we're not in the same time zone. Let me see what time it starts. So I, I tune in. And this is, this is the fight that's on. I'm like, crap, I missed the whole card. But, dude, um, did not expect this to go the way it did. Um, I thought Charles Oliveira would have an advantage somewhere in this fight, maybe on the feet. Didn't really see the advantage on the ground only because of Makachev's wrestling. You know, he trains with Khabib. He's one of Khabib's disciples, essentially. 
So I felt like if Oliveira was going to have an advantage anywhere was on the feet. But Bill, once that bell rang, I didn't see Makachev have trouble anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, he finished the fight on the ground in the second round, gets him with this arm triangle. But that started from this nasty left hand that dropped Oliveira. And in the first round, he caught him pretty hard mm -hmm. too. Um, mm -hmm. Didn't draw, didn't knock him down in the first round, but there were definitely some shots that got through where Oliveira was visibly, you know, wobbled a little bit. Um, so, dude, I, I'll be honest with you, Bill. Um, love, love that Makachev won, just because it mixes up the division now. Charles Oliveira had wins over the other top five guys. Mm -hmm. The remaining four of the top five rankings, Oliveira has already beat those guys. So with Makachev being champ, it opens up a whole new matchups. Um, but, dude, I, I was really shocked, man. Makachev looked like he's like, – he already, he looked like he was the champ defending his belt. Mm -hmm. Do you think – and you're, you're telling me this before, like you like it from a marketing perspective uh, when we were talking on the phone earlier. Um, you look at it from a marketing perspective because Oliveira has wins over those top five guys. Do you feel like it's the division is as exciting as it was when Khabib was on top and everybody was kind of jockeying to get that shot at Khabib? Are you getting those kind of vibes? Because personally, I'm getting a much more watered down feeling. I don't know what it is because Mahashev is actually a more exciting fighter than Khabib. Like he finishes more fights. Uh, he's more aggressive, but I don't know what it is. Like the division just feels like it's, it's been deflated a little bit and I can't really put it to words, but um, do, do you know what I'm talking about at all? No, I know exactly what you mean, man. And it feels like, uh, I think the way you phrased it was great. A watered down version of when Khabib was champion and Bill, I kind of feel like that too. It feels like this is the kid friendly version of when Khabib was champ. And I think that has to do just because Islam Makachev is a little bit more soft-spoken hmm. than Khabib. Because you have to remember, one of Khabib's iconic moments is not him beating Conor McGregor. It's him jumping over the cage to go at uh, whoever that jiu-jitsu coach he had was. I can't even Dylan remember. Dylan Danis. Him, Dylan Danis. Um, Dylan Danish, whatever. Um, Dylan da Let's call him Dylan Danish. Yeah, so, dude, for me, like, you know, people like that, okay? That's what sells tickets, man. Yeah. Um, and if Khabib and McGregor had rematched, man, you could have played that clip over and over again. You know, oh, yeah. uh, McGregor throwing the, the hand truck into, uh, yeah. the, you know, stuff like that. We don't see that anymore. Right? It was and, like, this is like the era after the Attitude Era of the WWE. Yeah, yeah, where, like dude. everything just kind of like had the volume turned down. It's like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing now, dude. That that's such a great comparison. Yeah, that, that let's let's go with that, man. You know, um, I remember John Cena's finisher used to be called the Fu, and then after that, you know, when, when we got into the PG era, uh, they, they they he had to change the name to the Attitude Adjuster, which is just lame, but um. But I feel like that's kind of what's going on here. So I feel like Makachev, he's a little bit more soft-spoken. You know, they have this sound clip of him saying, you can run, but you can't hide. And it's like, <laughs> it's just not the same as, as you know, Khabib saying, you know, I'm going to eat your heart and your children. Yeah. All praise be to Allah. And, you know, 
And it's not the same as Ivan Drago saying, if he dies, he dies. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. Yeah. So what what's a fight? So with Makashev as the champ, what's a fight that like is exciting to you? Is it exciting if Volkanovsky moves up? which it seems like that's what's going to happen. Is that an exciting fight to you? Would it be exciting if we did Makasha versus Gaethje? Uh, Makasha versus Chandler? Um, I feel like Chandler, Chandler and Makasha would probably be the most exciting fight at this point. Yeah, I agree. But you can't put Chandler into a title fight, really. Yeah, he's coming off of, I think, back-to-back losses, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe give him... Give him. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to see him rematch Oliveira. But I guess you can do that. Um, but I do. I do like the Chandler fight. I also really like the Gaethje fight, man. Gaethje is a tough dude. Uh, you know, he has some Mike skills as well. Uh, because you have to remember, like we said, Makachev is very soft spoken. So you're gonna have to leave it in the hands of his opponent to kind of carry the. Um, you know, the, the marketing of this, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and where's Dustin Poirier in all this? Oh, dude, uh, he's, I haven't seen him fight in a while, but dude, I think you could absolutely throw Dustin Poirier in the mix, man. I mean, he was on a hot streak for a while. Um, and so if Volkanovsky takes the Makachev fight, are we doing Poirier and Oliveira? Cause I'm not mad at that fight. I actually I, I didn't think of that, but I like that fight too. Um, I like Volkanovski moving up because he's basically cleaned out the division at featherweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, at lightweight. Um, this is featherweight. No, I had it right the first time. Featherweight. Strike that. And, reverse it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bill, just you know, edit out the last like seven seconds. I don't know, but, but go ahead. All right, perfect. So, um, so, <laughs> so yeah, um, Volkanovski, like we said, clean out the division at featherweight. So I think it's cool that he's coming up to lightweight. I think he's someone who could defend both belts. Uh, I've never heard of him missing weight. Um, but, dude, um, I, I, I don't think you go wrong with any of those fights. But I would like to see. But Vol- are they mar- are any of the marquee fights? Uh, with unfortunately, like with Islam being the champ, I'm gonna say no. Are you doing like you put Islam at the top of a pay per view? Are you doing close to a million buys? No. Um, are you doing five hundred thousand? I, I I don't think you're doing that much. Maybe it'd be by the skin of your teeth. And it's it like. The dude's a bad motherfucker. I don't want to take anything away from his skills. It's just, yeah. it just doesn't have the allure. And I can't really explain to you why. Like, it, it's just not there. Yeah, and, and it's nothing against him. I think it's just now the standard for the lightweight division is Khabib. And you have to remember, Khabib never lost. Yeah. And I think I think you identified exactly what the problem was. Like we knew who the best guy was, and then he just stopped. And we rarely experienced that. Like nobody goes out on top unless you're like George St. Pierre. Right. This never happens. Like, look, fucking Anderson Silva is was the UFC was done with him. He's like, oh, I'm gonna go box now. 
Like he wouldn't go out on top. Who knows what's going to happen with John Jones or any of these, these greats. Like, you know, look how you think of the greatest of all time. Like look how Randy Couture's career ended. Like they had to drag him out of there. Nobody did this. And that's, I think Khabib is what took the wind out of the sails of this division. And I, I feel like we're in this position where it's like, all right, are we talking about, are these guys all competing for who's the second best guy in the world right now? Cause Khabib is still like at a very competitive age. He's still out there, but he's not going to compete again. So it's like, it's almost like with this division, which used to be the most exciting division in the sport. It's like, well, what are we doing here now? You know, we know who the best guy is, but he's not in it anymore. And I think that's like a weird thing to cope with. Yeah, for sure. And me personally, I wanted Khabib to get to 30, to have an even number. Um, but dude, uh, like you said, I mean, we still talk about George St. Pierre when it comes to the welterweights. You know, Kamaru Usman, back when he was champ, he was tearing through everybody. People were wondering, could he beat George St. Pierre? Mm-hmm. And people are going to ask this question about Islam Makachev. Um Unfortunately, we're never going to get that answer. Well, the answer is out there. Like, they've been in a room together. They know who the alpha is between the two of them. They know, and a handful of other people at AKA know. Like, it's Khabib or it's Islam. Like, they've sparred together. Like, they know who's better. But we don't know. And because we don't know, that's what kind of sucks the life out of this division. Hmm. But anyway, too much time on this one. Let's get to the co-main event, which was another title fight in probably what is now the most exciting division, the bantamweight division. Would you say, all right, so uh, of course we're talking about Aljamain Sterling defending his bantamweight championship against the former champ TJ Dillashaw. Unfortunate set of circumstances here because Dillashaw dislocates his shoulder in the first round. Um, he's able to get it reset on the stool, pops out again in the second round. In the meantime, he gets completely dominated by Aljamain Sterling. Was this more unfortunate for Dillashaw, who lost the fight, or more unfortunate for Aljamain Sterling, who just cannot catch a break when it comes to his narrative as the champ? Because of the circumstances in which he became champion, being the first to ever become champ uh, via disqualification. And then he had neck surgery, had to pull out of the, the first defense, and then kept getting dragged out. He tried to play the bad guy, but it like was awkward. And it just didn't fit. And like people were just hating on him, hating on him, hating on him. Then he beats Jan, clearly beats him, but people are like, no, Jan got robbed. He should have won. Like... Couldn't put it to rest. Now here he comes out. He dominates who, in my opinion, I know not your opinion, Jeff, is the greatest bantamweight of all time and and TJ Dillashaw. Dominates him. Crushes him. Steamrolls him. But the narrative is going to be, but Dillashaw's shoulder was compromised going into this. It's not going to be Sterling's performance. Yeah. So who is in a more unfortunate set of circumstances. Obviously, Aljamain is still the champ, 
He's still going to be making that championship money. He's still got the belt. But it seems like from a narrative perspective, this guy cannot catch a break. Or is Dillashaw more unfortunate for having lost the fight? Um, I I think that unfortunately, I think Aljo's getting the short end of the stick. Um, you know, he, unfortunately, you know, he still has time to to make this legendary um, championship run of you know at bantamweight, but. When you have guys, former champions like TJ Dillashaw, you know, who beat Henan Barrow when nobody was beating him. When he, when Henan Barrow was like 22 straight wins. Yeah. TJ Dillashaw made that guy look like a chump, man. Nobody, see, the, the younger listeners, they don't even know who Henan Barrow is. All right. Yeah. But there was a point in time where this was the scariest man at 135. And yeah. TJ beat the bricks off him, dude. Um, Dominic Cruz, his wars with with Uriah Faber, coming back after you know two knee surgeries and and two torn ACLs and beating T.J. Dillashaw in five rounds, um, you know these are the guys that we remember. Um, unfortunately, Aljo might just be an asterisk, you know the the way it is the way things stand right now. Yeah. Um, Especially because I don't think he's going to stay at bantamweight much longer. Did you see? Did you notice how much bigger he was than Dillashaw? Oh and my gosh, dude, also, he looked like he was one fifty five in there. By the way, I don't gamble on fights, um, really. Uh, but I think I would have bet on Aljamain Sterling if I was following this a little more closely, just because Dillashaw it was the worst he's ever looked going yeah. into a fight. He looked worse than when he cut to one twenty five to fight Henry Cejudo. He just did not he did not look healthy. He didn't he looked like a shell of himself. I would compare it to like uh post TRT Vitor Belfort. Mm. And I don't know if it was like you know being clean off the EPO or or whatever but or or just getting older as a lighter fighter but he just did not look well. Um and Aljamain Sterling is Built like a fucking stallion. Yeah, dude. Aljo looked huge in there. Yeah, he looked like he could fight at 55. Yeah. Um, so I don't imagine he's gonna stay at 35 much longer. And even if he wanted to, I think he would move himself up anyway because his friend and teammate Marab Dvalishvili is knocking on the door of a title shot. Yeah, and unfortunately for Marab. That's that's the only fight he would probably get because, dude, nobody wants to fight Marab Valshvili. No. I mean, the, I guess Corey Sanhagen, Cheeto Vera. Uh, well, I lost you. But, uh... Yeah, while while you're working over there, Bill, um, like I said, man, nobody is lining up to fight Marab Valashvili, man. This dude is aggressive. He can grapple. He can strike. He has power in both hands, dude. I mean, I think the only fight he'll be able to get soon is Aljo. Because, uh, I mean, look at Sean O'Malley. Well, they won't fight each other. Can you hear me now, by the way, Joe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they won't fight each other. They've already right. said it. So let's say Aljo moves up and... Uh, like Mark says, Dana mentioned Henry Cejudo. He's back in the testing pool. He wants to fight 
uh, at 35. I guess you could throw him in there. So if Aljamain Sterling moves up, do you do Cejudo versus Marab for the interim title? Because that's a fun fight to me. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of ignoring Corey Sanhagen. You're kind of ignoring Cheeto Vera. uh, But maybe those guys fight each other. I kind of like Marab versus Cejudo. Yeah. Just for the wrestling aspect. And I know I'm in the minority there. You guys don't have to remind me of that. Um, But I would love that fight. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, Because you have to remember, Henry Cejudo, he can throw hands too, man. You know, um, not just wrestle. When he beat uh, Demetrius Johnson for the flyweight belt, man, he didn't wrestle until like the third or fourth round. You know, yeah. he he was throwing hands for most most of it. Um, that's a really fun fight. And I, and Marab has the the record for most takedowns in the division, like by a landslide, by like four hundred takedowns. But uh-huh. Henry Cejudo's an Olympic gold medal wrestler. Yeah. Like he's one of the highest level wrestlers to ever do MMA. Oh yeah, I would love to see how this plays out. Like, could Marab get him down? Yeah, dude, that is a great question. I would love to see the answer to that. Marab's taking down everybody's ever fought. He's taking down Ricky Simone. He's mm. taking down uh, Dominic Cruz. Like he's taking down guys like who are legit wrestlers. He's never taken down an Olympic gold medalist. I like that fight. Yeah, I like that. Let's do Cheeto Vera and Sanhagen to see who gets the winner. Yeah, we could do that. But I think I, I I think if I'm Cheeto, I'm, I'm waiting in the wings. Um, Cheeto just knocked out to me, the greatest bantamweight of all time in Dominic Cruz and bill Dominic Cruz has never been knocked out before. At least to my to the best of my recollection, he's been tapped out before. Well, he's been TKO'd by Henry Cejudo. Oh, that's right. But that was that. because Keith Peterson smelled like booze and cigarettes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, he he's never been knocked out clean, man. Because Cheeto, he hit him clean and he didn't get up from that. But anyway, um, all right, second time that Dominic Cruz has ever been knocked out. Um, I guess, you know, selective memory. Wait, uh, here's where it gets confusing, Jeff, because if Aljo moves up and Volkanovsky moves up, do we have an interim belt at featherweight now? Who's Aljamain Sterling fighting for the featherweight belt? Hmm. Aljamain Sterling, Brian Ortega would be a fun fight. Nah, I think, um, I think... Aljamain Sterling versus Max Holloway would be an awesome fight. That would be awesome. Or, yeah, you're Rodriguez, Aljamain Sterling. Oh, that's a fun one. I like that. Actually, I think out of all three, I like that one the best. Yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. All the excitement is below 155 right now. Yeah. These are the most exciting matches. Um Let's stay on 135, though, because we got two other top contenders that fought. Uh, Sean O'Malley split decision over Peter Yan. A lot of people have said about this one, Jeff. I'll be honest with you. I only saw the first round of this fight. I thought O'Malley won it because he Mm. did more damage. But I thought that the judges would have given it to Peter Yan. So having only watched the first round, like if the second two rounds kind of went like that, 
I could see why people thought Jan won. But I could see making an argument for Sean O'Malley. Again, based only on the first round. I thought... Um, and this seems to be the consensus. Like, Jan had six takedowns or something in this fight, uh, but O'Malley did more damage. Um, you know, under the new unified rules, which aren't really unified, like, damage is king. Mm. So... At the end of the day, I don't care. <laughs> what do you think, Jeff? Um, dude, I I'm not somebody who I'm not a fan of Sean of Sean O'Malley. Um, I'm not on that hype train. Um, unfortunately, I did not get to see this fight, but um, I don't know, man. I mean, I I'd have to go and watch it. I can't I can't give you an opinion, uh, because I'm biased. And I just don't like Sean O'Malley. I don't like the cut of his jib. I think he's annoying. Um, I, I don't really care for either of these guys. So that's why, like, I don't have a dog in this race. So, like, tell me who won. All right. Um, but Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling doesn't excite me. That's what some people are talking about. I don't need to see that. Um, give me O'Malley versus Sandhagen. Uh, you know, yeah, you kind of speaking my language. Um, maybe a rematch with O'Malley and Vera. Because Cheeto like clearly won that fight, but it did end in an injury. Mm. Yeah, um, I'll watch them fight again. That's a good fight. Anyway, uh, here's a lightweight fight that's not going to move any waves. Like Not a lot of people are going to talk about it. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. But Benil Dariush beats Mataus Gamrot, which is... If you're talking about the rankings, this is a huge deal. But if you're talking about like what people care about. It's not a huge deal. Like this was a tremendous win over like a really tough guy, but these are just two quiet guys who get in there and do their job. And most people don't care about that. Am I well, wrong? I am in that number who does not care. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Man of Firat, unanimous, unanimous decision over Kalen Chukagan. Uh, Bilal Muhammad, uh, performance of the night, TKO over Sean Brady. Uh, I did see this. I saw the first round, and then I saw the finish, which came in the sec at the end of the second round. Uh, Muhammad just jabbing the shit out of Sean Brady. Landed a big right hand, and then basically jabbed him to a standing TKO. Um, Sean Brady's a tough dude, man. Uh, he was undefeated for a reason. Uh, I think this is going to be a big lesson for him. I still think he's going to be a tough top contender going forward. Uh, what do you do with Bilal Muhammad, man? Because, like, he got dominated by the champ, Leon Edwards, until he got poked in the eye. Like, do you do Bilal Muhammad versus... Um, shit. What's his name? The big guy. You're lucky. I remember Bilal Mahad Muhammad's name. Well, his name is remember the name. Yeah, I just can't do it. I'm sorry. He's shit. not that interesting to me. What's the guy's name? The 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 Chechenian guy. That's oh, the dude who um, crud. I can't remember his name either. I don't know, man. Ever since Leon Edwards. He's like the biggest star in the sport right now. 
Oh, Kamzat Shemaev. Thank you, Mark. Um, do you do Bilal Muhammad versus no, Kamzat no, Shemaev? No, you don't do Kamzat Shemaev at welterweight anymore, Bill. His last fight, he missed weight by eight and a half pounds, Bill. Oh, yeah, that's true. You don't, that's it, dude. No, keep him yeah. at middleweight. He's won yeah. fights at middleweight. Keep him there. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, let's do Dude, that. Man. Not you, Kamzat Chimaev. Uh, feel mad about that. I mean, it was a blessing in disguise because we got Diaz versus Ferguson, which was an amazing fight. But I'm still mad about it. <laughs> All right, uh, I don't have anything else on the rest of this card. Um, if you guys have anything that I need to see. Please let me know, and I'll try and track down the video. It will be easier as the week goes on. Otherwise, we got a good fight night coming up, Jeff. Halloween weekend, Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot, man. Somebody's going to sleep in that fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, damn. I feel like Calvin Cater... I feel like Calvin Cater would be the favorite in this, even though I, I think Arnold Allen has more ways to win. Mm. Like Calvin Cater wins fights with his boxing. Like he can do everything, but that's how he wins fights. If he can't outbox Arnold Allen, Arnold Allen has a lot more tools in the toolbox to finish the fight. Uh, that's what makes this an intriguing fight to me. Yeah. Bill, I think you summarized that perfectly. Um, yeah, Arnold Allen, definitely more ways to win. Whereas Calvin Cater, like you said, he's okay at everything. But he wins his fights. With his boxing. Yeah. And when he runs into someone who can outbox him, like Max Holloway, gets in trouble. Or like Josh Emmett. Even though... If I remember correctly, I feel like that was a weird decision, Josh Emmett and Calvin Cater. Yeah. Um, I believe Josh Emmett may have broken his hand in that one. He probably did. Uh, I like this co-main event a lot, Tim Means and Max Griffin. That's a really fun fight flying under the radar here. Yeah, that is good. Uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta, who I'm not familiar with, 7-0 and heavyweight against... Uh, Jared Vandera, that sounds fun to me. Uh, Josh Friend taking on Treshawn Gore, who I believe was on the Ultimate Fighter. And he did he win the Ultimate Fighter? Mm, but, I couldn't tell you, man. Uh, I Bill, I'm losing you. Bill, I lost you. Um, well, while you're fixing that, um, Bill, I really like this light heavyweight fight. Dustin Jacoby versus Khalil Roundtree. Bill, I'm going to go right ahead while you're still muted and pick this as my sleeper fight. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. I don't know why that keeps happening. Um, yeah, that's a great sleeper fight. Dustin Jacoby, Khalil Roundtree. Um, Treshawn Gore... So, okay, so he lost to Brian Battle for the Ultimate Fighter, and then he got knocked out by Cody Brundage in July. 
So he's only got five fights. But I remember being impressed with him on the Ultimate Fighter for some reason. Hmm. So I, I like that fight. My sleeper pick, though, Jeff, is one below yours. Phil Hawes and Roman uh, Delidze. That that's a that was gonna be my sleeper fight if you picked uh Roundtree and Jacoby. Talk about somebody going to sleep. Yeah, man. That is gonna be wild. And then I have to bring up Jeff, the legend, Andre Arlovsky, still doing the damn thing. Holy shit. They got could you have imagined a time like 10 years ago, like, oh yeah, Andre Arlovsky's still gonna be fighting? He's going to be on the prelims of a fight night. Bill. Um, dude, I'm 30. I'm pretty sure that Andre Arlovsky has been fighting for my entire lifetime. And and look at this. He's fighting Marcos Rogerio de Lima. I don't know if you guys, if you guys are watching on YouTube, his profile picture on here. Uh, he looks like Debo from the Friday movies. <laughs> does he not? Yeah. Dude, I'm looking at his Wikipedia picture and he does. Oh, wait. Do I have the wrong page up right now? I do, don't I? Yeah, but I, I felt bad. I didn't want to tell you. Well, you could have. I thought Sorry, I was. Bill. I didn't want to be rude. Well, let me pull up the the correct screen now. Um, which one is it? All right, here it's this one. All right, now we got the right thing. All right, so now let's look at Marcos Rogerio de Lima. He looks like Debo. Yeah, dude, he, he kind of looks, like, looks like Zeus from the WWE. Yeah, he looks like he's about to steal your bicycle. If you've ever seen the Friday movie, that would make more sense. Have you seen Friday, Jeff? Bill, it's on my list. Friday, wow. next Friday, and Friday after next. They're on my list, Bill, I promise. I mean, you've seen the memes with Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Bye, Felicia is my favorite. All right. So Debo is kind of like the bully of the neighborhood. He, like, steals your bicycle and stuff like that. <laughs> Nice. Um, but anyway, damn, Andre Arlovsky. We got uh, Chase Hoopers on here against Steve Garcia. And, uh, yeah, this looks like a fun card overall. I, th I feel like these are going to be really good fights. Yeah. And this, and is, this main uh, event is sick. Yeah, man. I, I'm really looking forward to this. I don't know where I'm going to be next weekend. It's Halloween weekend. Probably got bunch of shit going on but i'm gonna try and catch this one live for a change and uh actually do a proper podcast it's not about like travel and uh <laughs> and like family matters yeah but it's fine bill we need to throw an episode like this in every now and then the people need to know how we're doing bill i mean we're these big huge mega stars they might as well know about our lives yeah i mean we're listening to in eight countries bill uh, it's more than that, Jeff. Yeah, Good. we're in. Uh, we're, uh, last I checked, we're in at least like twenty-five countries. Good. 
We're big in Finland. Shout out to Finland. Cheers to you, motherfuckers. Amen to that. I think we got um, a few listeners in Norway. I'm a fan of Norwegian beer, Jeff, because uh, in Epcot, uh, as you may or may not know, they have like the world showcase where you can kind of like go around the world and they have food and drink from, you know, each country. And they have Norway is one of the pavilions and they have a beer from Norway called Einstock. And I was very happy um, they had it back because during, I think during COVID, they weren't able to get it. So it was actually out of stock. Bill, that reminds me of a joke from Frazier when, uh, <laughs> when, when it was Frazier Crane Day and Niles is all jealous and he's like, why don't you get a whole bunch of hippies, give them some booze and you could call it Frazier stock. <laughs> oh, man. We just traded awkward silences right there. Yeah, but Bill, um, I was watching the old X-Men movies. Don't ask me why. But like the original trilogy. Bill, Frazier Crane was Beast in the third X-Men movie, which I did not realize as a kid because I'd never watched Frazier or the third X-Men movie because my parents wouldn't let me watch it because they thought it was demonic. But listen, dude, Frazier Crane <laughs> was Beast in the third X-Men movie, and I love it so much now. Like, was he just the voice or he was actually the Beast? No, dude, he was the Beast. They had the makeup on him and everything, man. Um, like the long hair, and I I didn't know Fraser Crane at the time, but I was looking at um, like you know how Disney Plus gives you like the info. I mean, you're talking movie. about Kelsey Grammer, right? So, so I'm looking at the info, and it says starring you know this person, this person, this person. Obviously, Hugh Jackman, uh, you know Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, and then I see Kelsey Grammer. I'm like, wait, what, huh? I was like, who? I was like, dude, I like I've watched this movie before. I think I would know if Kelsey Grammer was in this movie. He's one of my favorite actors. And then, dude, I put it together. Like once he came on screen, I was like, holy crap. Frazier Crane is beast. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, you would think you would have noticed that before. But he pops up in a lot of random stuff. Yeah, dude, he was sideshow Bob on The Simpsons, which is awesome because his the guy who played his who played his brother on Frasier, uh, his name is David Hyde Pierce. He played Niles. His brother, um, David Hyde Pierce, is sideshow Mel, who is sideshow Bob's brother on The Simpsons. So yeah, uh, Frasier, yeah, Niles. Kelsey Grammer's uh, he's appeared in a bunch of animated. He's been in a bunch of Disney movies too. Mm. Here's a bit of trivia for you, Jeff, because. One Disney movie my daughter has randomly gotten into is The Emperor's New Groove. I don't know nice. if you've ever seen this one. Dude, I used to love that movie. So that's um, <clears throat> David Spade plays the emperor who is like a selfish dude and accidentally gets turned into a llama. It actually takes place in Peru. Mm. Uh, he's like the emperor of the Incan Empire, which is, you know, modern day Peru. Um so kind of weird, my daughter being half Peruvian, that she was attracted to this movie. And we didn't know until after we watched it that it takes place in Peru. But um, the other main character is a peasant named Pacha, voiced by John Goodman. John Goodman is also the voice of a main character in Monsters, Inc. He voices Sully. Is he a dude with one eye? No. Or is he the big 
fuzzy guy. He's the big blue fuzzy guy. Gotcha. So, to my recollection, John Goodman is the only actor to voice two main characters in Disney movies ever. Because he was a main character in The Emperor's New Groove. He's a main character in Monsters, Inc. Now, there are people who have voiced, you know, many different Disney movies. But has there ever been somebody who has voiced a main character for two different franchises? I think John Goodman's the only one. And I've had a lot of time to think about this, Jeff, because obviously I watch a lot of Disney. I watch a lot of UFC. And when I'm not watching UFC, I'm watching Disney movies. So, I don't know. Can you think of anybody else? Nah, Bill. I don't have a daughter to force me to watch Disney movies all the time. So, <laughs> I don't have enough data for you. And you didn't even know Kelsey Grammer was in X-Men. So, who am I even talking to? But if you guys could think of anybody, let me know. Because I've been kind of racking my brain about this one. It seems kind of weird. John Goodman might be the only one to voice two main characters in uh, in Disney history. Which is, you know... Interesting trivia, I guess. Um, I don't know, Jeff. We've been all over the globe on this one. We we got into a little bit of MMA, but it was mostly like travel and family and catching up. This was really just like you and I catching up on the past uh, two or three months. Yeah. Anything else you want to get off your chest? Nah, Bill. I'm glad that that we were able to get an episode out. I know, you know, Sundays I'm I'm pretty booked. But uh, I'm I'm really happy we're able to get this out, and dude, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next episode, man. Dude, this fight card next weekend looks awesome, and it's back in the United States. So I'm th- I'm assuming that the start time is not like 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. Let's hope. Well, uh, you guys know about the Team Reaper gear. I'll put the links in the show notes if you want to buy some merchandise. Um, you know, there's all that. Reaper1.co is the website if you want to buy a t-shirt, tank top, or hoodie. Uh, I should probably get one of those hoodies eventually, Jeff. I'll buy myself one for my birthday. Uh, (laughs) In any case, uh, this was fun, Jeff. It was good to have you back on the show. Uh, We talked a little bit of MMA, but, you know, mostly personal stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Please, like, rate, review, and share whatever else it is you guys do uh, wherever you are out there especially if you're in finland or uh, norway or uh, you know any of the other 20 some odd countries that you're listening to us for some reason and uh that's all we got for this week until next time whatever that may be cheers everybody goodbye